Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, are vertical streams the future? This was one of the worst announcements in the history of YouTube. YouTube just announced streaming in the Shorts tab. If your stream is vertical, as in 9x16, then it can show up in the Shorts feed. Huge for gaming creators who want more growth. Streaming vertically on TikTok has been one of the best ways to grow, and now it's on YouTube too. I know about that being the best way to grow, or whatever. But it's just funny to me how TikTok is trying their hardest to move into long-form horizontal video landscape, and YouTube is trying their hardest to move into the vertical short-form content. In that it's clear that the long-form content is easier to monetize, in that YouTube is clearly making way more money. But it's also the case that Gen Z, the, the younger audiences, have clearly been taken by TikTok's fast and easily consumable content. And, and YouTube wants the best of both worlds, and so does TikTok seemingly. Cover all the bases, exactly. I guess TikTok felt that like they'd gone as far as they could with the vertical format, and YouTube feels like they've gone as far as they can with the landscape format, and they want both. But often it's better just to be the master of one thing than to try to spread yourself out into too many things at once. I can't say what the best strategy is. But in regards to streaming in 9x16, I hate those streams and I do not want to do those streams myself. Many people are asking the question, can you stream in 9x16 and 16x9 at the same time? Because there is limited discoverability for YouTube live streams on YouTube in the, in the normal format, the landscape format. Like I don't get that many more subscribers or whatever from doing this on YouTube. It's mainly to entertain my already existing audience. But if indeed they're jacking up discoverability in the short section, where people are flicking through so quickly, that could be a benefit. But streaming in, in 9x16 when you're making 16x9 content is really annoying. Try to do it on, on Instagram, try to do it on TikTok. It's just awful. One interesting question was, why is it so hard to monetize TikTok? Like, obviously, they're making tons of money, but relative to their audience, the, the ridiculous amount of uh, impressions and, and ridiculous amount of time people spend on the platform is not... Obviously, again, not nearly as much as YouTube. From my own viewing habits, I look at something on TikTok. I can recognize within five seconds that it's an ad. And I look in the, my eyes flick to the bottom corner. It says sponsored content. I flick away. Very rarely can an ad capture me fast enough that I will actually watch it on TikTok. On YouTube, like you've clicked into a video or what have you. And so, so that's required some measure of commitment. And so you want to watch the video, so you're willing to go through the ads. And ads in the middle of videos, you're more likely to sit and watch because you want to continue watching the video. Whereas on TikTok, the only place they could possibly put an ad is at the beginning of a short. And if they did that, you just flick to the next one immediately. In the same way, people flick over the ads when they're scrolling through their, their feed. It, it just seems as though long-form content is easier to monetize for that reason because people have an invested interest in getting through the ads if not actually engaging with them. Are there any other possible reasons why short form content would be harder to monetize? Another part might be TikTok having a younger audience with less disposable income. That is a good point. But then again, targeting younger audiences is usually pretty valuable for advertisers because prior to things like TikTok and YouTube to a lesser degree, it was hard to target these audiences with traditional advertisement. And true, some cases, the ads on TikTok would be longer than the shorts themselves. So long story short, it's an interesting time in regards to these platforms trying to pivot to what their competitors are doing. I don't think I'm going to stream in 9x16 just because it would ruin my content. If there ends up being a way for me to put myself in the shorts tab in landscape format in the same way that you can now do that on TikTok, I'll probably do that, but you know, because that should be increased discoverability, but I, we'll see what happens with it. It's just annoying. Once upon a time, streaming was just, you turned on Twitch and you're done. And now it's like, well, I got to go alive on all these other platforms. 
as with all things, there's some upsides and some downsides to that, but obviously it's gotten more complicated than it was before. It does, however, seem as though live streaming content is so in opposition to how people normally get successful in 9x16 content, in the shorts content. Like you, in, you do something immediately engaging within the first five seconds to grip people so they watch. And if you're on the platform, I assume that's what the kind of stuff you're looking for, something that grips you instantly. And live streaming is not usually good for that. You tune into my live stream and there's just me riding a horse in Red Dead Redemption 2 for the next 10 minutes, you know? As we talk about all the time, it's very hard to immediately put your best foot forward when it comes to your live stream because people will be tuning in at all times where there will be downtime where things aren't particularly interesting. It'd be impossible to have a stream that at all times is equally as engaging as the first five seconds of a short where that is edited perfectly for that reason. So if you're scrolling, you scroll to a live stream, I'm sure the vast majority of people immediately scroll away. And I have evidence to that effect. I've looked in my analytics for TikTok and it says the average person watching my live stream there is therefore between a minute and a minute and a half. So February 3rd, average watch time, 18 seconds. February 4th, 48 seconds. The highest is over here, one minute and 14 seconds. I'm, I'm still gaining followers though. Shows the attention span of people nowadays. I don't think it's just a matter of attention span. It's just a different audience and a different platform. Is it like if you go to see an action movie and there's no action for the first hour in the movie, you'd obviously be quite disappointed. People going to TikTok or, or shorts or whatever, they're there for just instant, I've got 10 minutes, give me something now. They aren't necessarily going there for live streaming. I would like to see some actual research on how attention spans have declined or, or if, if, they, if they have declined rather over the years because of things like TikTok. I've never seen such things. I've seen it asserted a lot, but it has to be studied, you know. My thoughts after finishing Power World. So for those who don't know, I completed Power World. I did multiple 12 plus hour chill streams to finish Power World. Took 75 hours. Far from a perfect game, but an addicting, interesting one. I haven't had a game grip me like that in years. It was really enjoyable. Glitchy game. And after a while, I did question how like other people could enjoy watching it. Because a lot of it was me like standing around waiting for my pal to take out a boss or something. Which I was fairly engaged with. And it was a lot better when I actually had my own weapon that I was using and stuff. But... For viewers, like, I, I, I just didn't understand how people could find that enjoyable. I, my viewership wasn't that high, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. It was very chill. So I sp spent, like, 75 hours on it. And I, I hope, you know, when I go back to the game, like, five years from now or something, there'll be a lot more content. And I can see how it develops. Do I think it's going to stick around? I do. And do I think Nintendo's going to sue them and win? I don't. And if they do, it'll ultimately just come down to changing a few models or something. The game is... More similar to Ark, if anyone should sue Power World, which I don't think anyone should, but if they do, do it should be more Ark than Pokemon. The Powers are more visual and obvious in, in marketing material than is the mechanics of the actual game itself. Watching was boring, to be honest? Yeah, and there was, towards the end, when I was trying to firm up my Anubis to be max level, and that ended up being completely pointless, and I wasted like three hours of my life. That was kind of dumb. Because that was like 17 hours in the stream. I really, really wanted to complete it. And it ended up being for nothing. And I was just <laughs> so salty about it. They definitely need to reduce the amount of powers you need to combine together to get higher levels. And or nerf the legendary po uh, powers. Because they're just, they're just too strong. Like nothing else can compare to them. Because they're just so good. My sleep is finally improving. So good news. My sleep has gotten better, I think. It's hard to know if changes you make improve your circumstances or if your circumstances improve coincidentally but i have attributed to to certain things i'm doing so i say here on twitter i think i am sleeping better now nasal strips to open my nose and a thing to force me to sleep on my side updated my bio my bio used to be dying soon to be dead is now currently 
Feeling better, probably now immortal. I still don't feel perfect, chat, but I am waking up during the night and it's always been something that screws with me a bit. I'm not sure I want to show you the thing that I'm using to force me to not sleep on my back. Because it's like embarrassing. Do I have sleep apnea? I don't know if I have sleep apnea or not. Apparently it takes like three weeks for the sleep test to be done. It's only been a week since I, I did it. But basically, it's just like a, a, a blow up thing that attaches to your back. And so you literally can't sleep on your back. Apparently for sleep apnea, sleeping on your side or your chest is better. Side best, chest second. And so I'm doing that. And the nasal strips, like, basically it's like a sticky thing. It goes on your nose and it's taut. So it continuously wants to fling itself back up, right? But because it's stuck to your nose, it like brings up your nose with it a bit as well. And it increases the amount of oxygen you get through your nose while you're sleeping by like 30%. When I do this, see how like this is like a sort of sniffly sound? If I have a nasal strip, it's just a tunnel. There, there's no impediment there. No sound is made. You just get more oxygen. Like in a way, if I could have this permanently all day, I would, but it would really goddamn stupid. It says it's not a treatment for sleep apnea, but people who have some sleep issues or snoring issues, they use these things. And I think it's pretty good. You struggle with sleep, it's not embarrassing. It's something you personally have been struggling with and you aren't alone. I know I'm not alone, but you understand like for a lot of people, they judge people for their weakness or they wanna view their content creators as uh, perfectly confident and, and always doing well and stuff. And some content creators seem to wanna maintain that delusion, which surely if you think about it for a while, like every person has problems in, in some respects. My fragility in some cases is not a good look. I'm very open about stuff in my life, but that's just kind of who I am. Like I don't mind, but at the same time, like wearing like a, a thing on my back while I'm sleeping. So I don't, it just looks weird, you know? I have my limits on how embarrassing I want to be with what I talk about. I will now tweet out my biggest live streams. So for those who don't know, I currently stream on YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, and Facebook, largely because they all have 16 by nine resolutions. Another platform that enables 16 by nine resolutions is Twitter, but there is no discoverability on Twitter and the quality of Twitter streams is so abysmally low that it's like what Twitch was back in like 2012. So consequently, I tweeted this out. Would you find any value if I tweeted out when I go live doing particularly interesting stuff? Or do you feel other platforms have you covered for notifications? In other words, should I tweet out when I'm live? And 61% said yes. So I'm thinking I might do that when I do particularly special things, like my one-off challenge runs or something. But I hate it when I tweet that out and then the stream goes bad. I have tech issues or I have to leave because I'm tired or something. But I don't want to spam people's feeds. I know I can delete them later, but they'll probably stay up like 12 hours and stuff and that'll probably annoy people. So just special occasions, I will start tweeting out when I'm live. Because a lot of people don't like to turn on notifications, but if they happen to scroll and see something on Twitter, they'll check it out. I shaved, but I'm still a strange guy. So as you guys know, I shaved my beard and I've received a lot of negative takes about it, but I think I look better. Even with just like stubble like this, even shorter. I think I look better currently with no facial hair. The major downside, of course, is that all my thumbnails no longer look like me, but uh, I might have to change those. We'll see what happens. I got one interesting message on Twitter, though. May says, Hi, Dark Viper AU. Please never shave your beard again. Do you know how strange it is watching your latest videos and there being a jump cut to your beard, either being completely gone or in a different stage of growth? I was like, oh, yeah, that's it's kind of funny. Likes. If I want to shave or not shave, that's up to me. I don't think, like, I don't care what people say. I care more about being comfortable myself. But I found that a funny tweet. Then this guy underneath, Kum, responded, I remember him, he's a strange guy. And May responds, he can hear you. And of course I can, I saw this entire interaction. So I responded, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Cause he's not, I am a strange guy. Kum is on the money. 
He wasn't following me at the time. I think he's following me now. But the only thing he remembered about me is that I was a strange guy and you know, an accurate recollection. But I think I'm strange in a good way. Is it good that Disney invested in Epic Games? So an interesting development, Disney is investing 1.5 billion into Epic Games. They will partner to create expansive and open games and entertainment universe connected to Fortnite. So it's here on the Fortnite game, creating a new universe, Disney X Epic Games. Discover a place where magic is epic. Soon-ish. So, when I first saw this, I was like, what took them so long? Video games have made more money than most other forms of media combined for a while. It was actually one thing that the Disney CEO said. He's like, you know, games make more than movies and TV combined and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that, that's been that way for quite a while. Have <laughs> you only just recently discovered that? I guess a lot of these people, you know, it's like a different, it's a, it's a different generation. Like a lot of these people, like in these, these older companies, where they're like in their 50s, 60s or whatever, they just don't play games. They don't get it. They don't realize how much money is in it. And then like just suddenly all of a sudden, like one of their kids is like, oh, I love Fortnite. And they're like, huh? Fortnite, right? Is that a popular thing, is it? And they realize they should put some money into it. So one thing is, I, I'm not surprised this happened, and it, it, it feel like long overdue. Like, Disney has made small games in the past, but never anything huge. Along with this, it's funny how Facebook and Meta wanted to make their Metaverse, where you know, it's a big, expansive thing that they control, that everyone builds into and, and builds upon. And it's just funny that Fortnite has done that so much better. They've just built this brand where they can build upon in, in endless different ways with like seemingly any brand imaginable. They, they've kept this kind of kind of squeaky clean kind of image and, and appeal to the younger demographics. It, it's, like the, it's like the perfect vehicle to build partnerships with a lot of these other companies in, in a way that say GTA and Rockstar Games would never be. In that like Grand Theft Auto is so huge and amazingly big and stuff, but they would never have like a, a partnership with Disney. I mean, I guess as they say, you, you want to target younger demographics if you want to make the big bucks kind of thing, you know? Ultimately, this doesn't really matter all that much to me unless they're willing to sponsor me to play it because then I'll be like, yes, let's go because I do love a good Fortnite sponsorship. I like the game. Don't have much reason to play it outside of sponsorships. I don't see any possible negative thing coming from this, right? Is there any negative slant on this other than potentially like, you know, the rich getting richer kind of thing or the industry as a, as a whole consolidating further? I guess it's probably the only real downside, but it's possible they'll make some good stuff that people enjoy, and, and so that's something, right? Beware of this dangerous Uber Eats scam. So I got an interesting DM. Previously in another ramble, I talked about this weird experience I had with the delivery app, where a guy came to deliver my food, but he parked all the way down my street, and he sat there for like 15 minutes, and I would text him, and he, and he was like, everything's fine. But then I called him and it said, this number is associated with a scammer. And I walked down to see if he was actually down there. And what was down there was a completely different card than the one that was set in the app. And seemingly a completely different person. And uh, he didn't acknowledge me. I called him on the phone and uh, he just hung up, whatever. It was super spooky, so I went back to my house. 
And I didn't understand what kind of scam this could be because eventually he just drove off without dropping any food or seemingly getting any, any money or whatever. But this dude, Ray Boutre, sends me a, a DM explaining what may have happened. Hi, in one of your recent Rambles videos, great video by the way, you happen to talk about an Uber Eats weird scam. I don't know about Australia, but that scam is common in my country, especially rural areas that the apps support delivery to. Long story short, it's a scam where they purposely lure you out of your house to the delivery vehicle. Here are the steps. Lure you outside to an empty parking lot, alley, street, etc., where there are no security cameras or people to witness what's going to happen. Then they rob you. As I said, I'm not sure about Australia, but the guy seemed to either have found that your neighborhood has no good enough place to do it. His friends didn't show up to help, usually done in groups. He is just a very shitty person. Either way, I do not tend to spread misinformation, nor am I confirming this situation is that exact scam. Just seems awfully a lot like it. Glad you're safe, and I hope you have a nice rest of your day. So basically, I could have ended up getting fucked up. Like when he described this scam, I was like, yeah, that doesn't seem like a thing you could do in this area. In the street that he was in, it's a res residential area. Like there were there were people hanging out in front of their houses and, and, and stuff, and there was, there was constant traffic of cars and whatnot. And it wasn't like nighttime or something, it was a well-lit area. So maybe just because of my area, I uh, ended up fine, but I, I could have been hurt. Mick says, I don't think that's it. I know for Uber, if the customer cancels the order, the delivery person still gets the money. Maybe that's the thing here. I mean, that I reported it though, if they were just doing it for that kind of money, like they, they drove enough distance anyway, they could have just gotten my food and got the money either way. They, I don't know. Long story short, uh, I will not approach a car at the end of my street if this happens again. <laughs> I felt like I should cover this just in case this happens to you guys so you can avoid a similar scam like this. Surfsoft says, my preference is leave it at my door, don't ring the bell, but they still ring my bell and call me every single time. That's my preference as well. I have a sign that says at the front of my door, don't knock on my door, don't ring the doorbell, leave any packages, no soliciting, thank you. Despite having that sign, a lot of people would still ring my doorbell, when, especially when they're dropping off packages. And I assume it's not a matter of maliciousness, like fuck this guy with his sign. It's just a force of habit. They drop off the package very quickly, press the button, and then they go. Because, you know, they're trying to do as many deliveries as possible, trying to get their job done. So I had an electrician install a switch that turns off or on my doorbell. And what I've noticed is I turn off my doorbell and I never turn it back on. I, in fact, do not know if my doorbell is turned on or off right now because I just don't care. There, there was no one ever anywhere that I want to hear the doorbell for. Anyone who's coming, who if I don't answer the door, they'll just, and they, and they know me to some degree, they'll just call me. Anyone who's ringing the doorbell for any other reason, who, who like, because if they don't know me, I don't want to hear about them. So uh, it's nice to have the switch, but I just realized that I don't want a doorbell. Because it will happen sometimes, that person will ring the doorbell, obviously it won't go off, and they just come and go, oh yeah, you hear me? And I'm like, oh yeah, cool. That's enough for me. No, I would not do something because you asked 300 days in a row. So I think I, and pretty much every streamer, receives this a lot. Day X of asking streamer to do arbitrary thing, in that format. The most famous one, of course, is the person who's asked me to play Chinatown Wars or whatever the hell it is. One of the handheld GTA games for like a million years. Some people fake it and they're like, I've been asking for 4,000 days. And it's like, no, you haven't. You're lying. You just skipped to the, that amount of days. There's one dude who very recently was spamming me on every single social media platform to watch a particular video. And he'd be doing it for weeks to the point where uh, I didn't acknowledge it. I muted him, sent him an image of me muting him, and I banned him on every platform. It's not appropriate behavior, okay? If you know that I've seen your message and I didn't respond, stop. I get it's a bit of a meme, but is a way to do it too much. You want to do it in YouTube comment section, fine. It's buried in there. But if you're sending me a, a fucking message on every single goddamn platform, including in my DMs, fuck off. I'm sorry. 
It's a funny meme in some context, but clearly people take it too far sometimes. Day 6002 of asking you to like and subscribe. Thank you for watching and I wish you all the best.